0: I'm Heather Campbell, and this is You Are Made For More, conversations about strength training, nutrition, and transformation. In today's culture of instant gratification, fat diets, magic supplements, six-week challenges, it's really hard to hear that to successfully lose weight and keep it off, it takes time And not only does it take time, but you need to earn the right to start a fat loss phase or go into a calorie deficit.
1: So I think first and foremost, like, are you even in the right mindset to be in a deficit? So have you been in maintenance for long enough where you are not overly food focused? Is it the right season of life? So do you have, I mean life is always going to be, you know, quote unquote busy, like, especially in our day and age, it's never going to be a perfect time, but there are certainly better times than, than others.
0: Hi, Mercy. Thanks so much for being here and making time to be on my podcast. I'm super excited to have you on as a guest. I have been following you on Instagram for quite some time. Love your content. Um, It's taught me so much. I've incorporated a lot of it into my own coaching. And so um, really, really appreciate you being here. Oh, Heather, my pleasure.
1: I am honored to have you ask me to be on.
0: Aww, well, thank you. <laughs> so fun fact about Marcy, Marcy got fired from her second job right out of college. <laughs> but but that was actually a good thing for all of us <laughs> because that's, that's right. how she she found her way into um, fitness and nutrition coaching. So tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. So I will take it
1: back a couple years prior when I was in college and I entered college. Well, even before I had gotten to college, I was really into fitness and nutrition. So I had been overweight when I was growing up and then lost weight and really got into better shape when I was in high school, doing different types of diets and trying to exercise all of that. Uh, but then my senior year really got more into, I don't want to say like the science-based approach, but just doing things a little bit more in more of like an efficient or productive way, let's say. So I was really bit by the bug and decided that what I wanted to do career-wise was write for a fitness magazine. So I felt like I excelled in writing classes in college and, oh no, excuse me, I take it back. Let me walk it back. It's been 16 years, so my memory is not serving me that well. Uh, I wanted to be a nutritionist. That's what it was um, because I was so into you know, how I, um, where I had learned so much about my own journey that I wanted to share that with other people, not really realizing at the time that when you get a degree in nutrition and you become a registered dietitian, typically you're working more in a hospital or a clinical setting. You're not necessarily working with people on like physique transformation or anything like that. So anyway, uh, I started to, visit different college campuses and all of the schools that offered nutrition as a degree, I didn't really vibe with. So I ended up going up to the University of Oregon. And the minute I stepped foot on this campus, I was like, I have to be here, like this is my school. Well, unfortunately they did not have the dietetics major. So I was forced to choose something else. And that is when I remembered, okay, well in high school, and I'm a good writer, and why don't I get a degree in journalism? So I chose magazine editing and public relations, and then I can maybe write for one of the big fitness publications, like Shape, Oxygen, Muscle and Fitness Hers, whatever. Well, as I was going through the program, I realized, you know, like I, I'm good at this. Like I was excelling in my classes, but I just didn't love the the deadlines, I didn't think that I was going to want to sit at a desk the rest of my life, you know, be on somebody else's schedule. I also wanted to make a lot of money. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I am going to try to go into outside sales. So thought that I would want to pursue pharmaceuticals or medical equipment or medical devices. And you know, what they don't tell you right out of the gate is that's not where you start. You got to start at like the bottom of the barrel. So selling like copy machines, uniforms, payroll services, things of that sort. So I started getting recruited pretty much right out of high school or excuse me, college for all of these positions. And I ended up getting a job selling coffee machines. That was my first job out of school. And I I hated it. I was not very good at it. I was just, I was flying by the seat of my pants. Let's be honest, just like pretending that I knew what I was doing, even though I didn't. And then after that, I was there for maybe like a little over a year. And then I got the opportunity to go and sell staffing for a woman who had an office five minutes down the street from where I was living in my hometown. It was like, Oh, this is going to be a perfect opportunity. Like no more one hour commute. And I really looked up to this woman. So I thought that she was going to groom me into being like her little minion, you know, and I just, I envisioned myself being this like successful saleswoman and like, you know, all of that. So I was maybe three months in, she threw me to the wolves. I had no idea what I was doing yet again, and it just, it did not go well. And I don't think that she liked me all that much. Uh, She also found out that I was, you know, dating one of her former employees, which I don't think she liked very much. (laughs) So she fired me. It wasn't like you're fired. She brought me into her office and she's like, you know what, let's, let's sit down and have a talk. I just, I don't really know if like, this is like the best fit for you. If This is like really what you're into. Um, so she was trying to like basically fire me in a nice way by helping me look into other positions. And at the time I had also started, this was like before the days of social media, like blogs weren't even really a thing, but one of my friends at the time was a successful bodybuilder. He was also a chiropractor. He was work, writing for a company or excuse me, a publication online called T Nation, which I was obsessed with. And he's like, we're going to start a blog and we're going to you know, have this business together and just be success stories. And I was like, okay, sure. So she kind of knew about that. She's like, why don't you go help your friend with that fitness business and i'm like okay sure so yeah little did i know until later like she was actually firing me and doing it in a way where like i wouldn't be able to co- collect unemployment so <laughs> no, you're smart so anyway that that, that is a very very long winded story but yeah essentially i i was out and i needed to find something else to do so luckily i had my personal training certification and uh my brother at the time was going to a gym in our hometown and his trainer the guy who owned the gym was looking for female trainers and then also ironically a guy that i had met when i was in college who was a trainer at the 24-hour fitness and he and i kind of became like acquaintances i guess he ended up randomly um moving from oregon to my hometown in in california moved with a girlfriend and started working at this gym. So I ran into him at a 24 uh, when I was, I think I was still doing the sales. He's like, you should come work for us. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. And then, you know, like six months later, I'm like, oh, Hey, that, that job that <laughs> you, know, you were offering me, uh, I might need that. So yeah, I started training people in person, just thinking it was going to be a stepping stone until I figured out what I was really going to do with my life. And 12 years later, up until the day of lockdown, I was still doing it. And I I hate to admit, but I I did not love it. So, but i just kind of felt like, I don't know what else is out there for me. So that's that, (laughs) here we are. Here we are, blessing, blessing in disguise, right? Like literally, and I was actually, I had an epiphany moment last Sunday because things just really felt aligned and I was in a really good headspace. I was feeling positive and thinking about, you know, how far I have come, how many challenges I have overcome in my life, whether it was with my health, relationships, you know, these failures of previous careers. And I'm like, I'm grateful for it all. A lot of people will get really down on themselves for it. They'll, they'll regret it. They'll wish it hadn't happened to them. Oh, my life would be so much better if, if I had you know, if I had it easier and I'm like, Nope, I am glad that every single struggle that I went through was put in my path because one it's, you know, turned me into the person that I am today. And it has allowed me to curate this message to help other people. Mm. And now I'm living a life
0: that I would have never dreamed was possible. So that that is so, so awesome. What a great perspective to have. And I, I couldn't agree with you more, um, having those experiences yourself and, and being able to share that and being able to be vulnerable, um, with your clients, you know, here on this podcast that goes a long way because, you know, as you know, the, coach client trainer client relationship is so important and there needs to be trust there and you need to be relatable so yeah I mean having all those experiences really laid a foundation for you to to be a successful coach and that really comes across it you know especially in your your Instagram content and yes you are a very good writer oh thank you You, you really are. I repost your information a lot and forward it to a lot of my clients. You just have a way of wording things that's, that is relatable, but also very digestible. Hmm. And uh, because there is science behind everything you say, but you are getting that content out there for the general public to be able to, to get and understand and implement. So Right. That, you know, that is really fantastic because that's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to do.
1: Well, well, but you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because yes, that is very true. And if I was, you know, if I had a PhD in biomechanics or, you know, something like that, uh, it might be more challenging, but I I mean, to be honest with you, like, I'm just kind of a layman when it comes to this stuff. Like (laughs) I don't have any, Degrees like I'm a journalism major, right? Like I'm a writer at, at heart by trade. Um, and so and so very much just self taught, like through my own experience, my own trials, working with I mean, I have learned so much just from working with other coaches, like that I have hired myself, and then of course, going through different certification programs, you know, reading, listening to podcasts from people who you know are ahead of me. And, and that's where I've gotten the majority of my knowledge, but I was able to learn that because those people kind of dumbed it down for me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, my like math, science, those were not my strong points. So yeah, I kind of struggle in those areas, which that's what you need to, to be good at, I don't want to say be good at, but I mean, that's a, a huge component of the the scientific you know community um so i'm really grateful that i had people who yeah made it more digestible for me and now i can do that for other people as well
0: and i i think that self learning and that willingness to be coached yourself um goes a really long way mm-hmm. and So with all this knowledge, with all this experience that you've gotten over the last several years, you work um, with a lot of clients on their nutrition, coaching them through weight loss, fat loss, body transformations, whatever the the client's goal is. And you're here today to talk specifically about fat loss. And we're going to talk about kind of what is it? What are the myths around it? And how do you measure it? And then we'll talk about how do you know that you're ready to start a fat loss phase? Because that's, that's super important. And I'm not sure a lot of people really understand that, that you can't just jump right into a fat loss phase if, if you are not ready and, and, and you'll explain more about what that means. And so we'll also, um, We'll also talk a bit about how you can make this happen, even with your super busy life, because a lot of people, I think, have a tough time getting start- started because they don't believe that they have the time to do it. And, and you have very vocally and loudly on your Instagram have said, no, yes, you can. And here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you help people uh, to, to make, to get started and to see that, yeah, you really can be successful if this is your goal. So let's, let's back up a little bit and let's talk about, um, some of the misunderstandings about fat loss and how can we change the dialogue? How can we get information out there to kind of debunk these misunderstandings?
1: Oh God. I mean, I think just continuing to, to spread the message and try to drown out all the noise, which it's interesting, Heather, because I, I keep a very tight circle, so to speak, when it comes to what I allow myself to engage in on social media. So I'm following other reputable people in the industry. I'm following my friends who are doing things the right way, who are talking about, you know, sustainable, approachable methods to body transformation, fat loss, whatever you want to call it. So I'm not really seeing what is out there. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell you what like the newest fad diet is right now, (laughs) just because I'm not, I'm not putting myself in that environment, you know, Mm um, And it's interesting because one of my first mentors, Jill Coleman, I don't know if you follow her, but she was one of my first like business mentors. And she said, you know, you probably should be following people who you don't agree with because that can give you really good ideas for content. And I have not taken that advice just because like, I I guess I don't want to be bombarded with even more information, but yeah, there's still a lot of false information out there that is dangerous and that is, you know, just making it so people are driving their, one, their health into the ground more than anything. Mm -hmm. and, And two, just, you know, spinning their wheels, not making progress because they're so on again, off again. They're not taking that sustainable approach because it's too slow. They don't have the patience to, to, you know, wait long enough to see those results. So, they either you know, they, they try the quick fix and then they can't keep that up for long enough. So, they go back to doing what they were doing before, they gain it all back. Um, or you know, maybe they are taking a slower, more sustainable approach and that is not quick enough. So, they're like, oh, this isn't working. I may as well just stop, or I may as well go back to the quick fix approach. And they're just on that roller coaster.
0: Yeah, I, I have seen that a lot myself. Um, and I see, I, advertisements pop up all the time on my social media for various supplements and fad diets and six week weight loss challenges and, and all these things. And, you know, I just shake my head. (laughs) And with my education and background and having, uh, been a competitive bodybuilder and now power lifter, you know, I've learned so much about nutrition. I have a nutrition certification myself, and I know that those things don't work, but a lot of people don't know that. And if you experience quick weight loss with one of these bad diets, you know, that you're ecstatic, right? Like, oh my God, I just lost 15 pounds in six weeks. This is amazing. And then the six week program is over. And then you're like, now, what do I do? How do I maintain this? And they gain the weight right back. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the difference between true sustainable fat loss Mm -hmm. and just quick fix weight loss, because they're two very different things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there, yeah, like you said, weight loss and fat loss. And weight loss is going to be predominantly water weight at first, and then muscle tissue, and maybe a little bit of weight loss because if you can sustain it for long enough, then you know you will. Excuse me, fat loss. Like if you can sustain it long enough, you are in a calorie deficit. Then like yes, you will be gaining or losing some body fat. But if you are doing these quick fixes, so very low calories, tons of cardio, not prioritizing strength training, whether that's at all, because you're afraid that you're going to get bulky and you know, you're know you not going to achieve that look that you desire, or you're doing the very kind of like, you know, bouncy, <laughs> I like to call it like the bouncy type of training where you're you're just kind of like doing the circuits, you're going from one thing to the another, you're not resting in between sets, it, it's exercise, it's not training, then you are not providing your body with the stimulus to maintain muscle or to really build muscle. So fat loss is maintaining as much muscle as possible, while also slowly losing the body fat that is covering that muscle. And the way that you do that is by one, prioritizing the strength training. So it doesn't have to be, you know, anything extreme. So, I mean, even like two days a week of full body strength training can be enough for someone just to maintain their muscle. Um, I kind of like to err on the side of, you know, maybe three to four days, just to be safe. Um, and then from there, everything is going to be from or the, the fat loss is really going to be from the, the calorie deficit and your non-exercise activity. So, being as active as you can in your everyday life, not just doing hours of cardio on machines, which can, you know, lead to issues in itself. So it really is, it's so, it's simple. It's not necessarily easy because it requires, you know, the delayment of, is delayment even a word? (laughs) You have to delay instant gratification, (laughs) you know, like it, it does require a certain mindset, right? So like, it's not easy and like, yeah, you're going to have to, you know, practice restraint. You're going to have to practice, um, you know, keeping promises to yourself and being patient and being consistent and like doing things that you might not want to do in the moment. So that in itself is not necessarily easy, but the actual approach for what, for what is required for fat loss is very simple. And can we just go down to those things that I just said? So
0: strength training, training,
1: calorie deficit through your diet, excuse me, eat enough protein so that you are continuing to maintain that muscle and then yeah, get enough non-exercise activity.
0: I'm going to just expand a little bit upon the non-exercise activity. So listeners fully understand what that means. Cause I think a lot of people feel that the most calories burned is when you're actually working out, but it's not necessarily true. You're burning way more calories with your non-exercise activity, which could be going for a walk, which could be gardening, which could be walking your dog, which could be cleaning your house, you know, standing while working. anything where you're moving your body throughout the day. So the less you're sitting and the more you're moving, the more calories you're going to burn throughout the day. And on top of that, if you're maintaining your muscle, muscle definitely requires more calories. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, so you're burning more there. The protein's going to really help with all of that. So, um, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I want I feel like we need to take billboards out all over the world, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Put this information nice. on there. <laughs> that would
1: be so nice. No, it, it needs to be said for sure. And you know, the other thing that I want to mention about cardio, which a lot of people don't realize is so you can have the comparison or use the comparison of and this is kind of outdated but for lack of a better analogy uh or metaphor, so the difference between a like a suburban and a Prius. So Priuses are very efficient when it comes to their fuel source, right? So they can go a long amount or like, you know, many miles on on very little or like no fuel, whereas a, uh, or no battery, Priuses have batteries. Is that what it is? I can't even remember. They're Um, they're both, they're gas and battery. Yes. And then like the Suburban, I mean, you go like, you fill up a tank and you can go 20 miles, right? So if people think like, oh, efficiency, like that's so good. That's what I want. Well, yes. When it comes to your gas tank, no, when it comes to your body. So your body is always trying to keep you stays to remain in a place of homeostasis. And it does not care that you want a six pack or you want to be shredded. Like it just, it is built for survival and for women reproduction. So anytime it sees that you are expending a lot of energy. You are in a calorie deficit and it's going to down regulate the amount of calories that you're burning in order to protect you. So it is that survival component. Uh, and then same thing when it comes to the cardio. So it's seeing like, Oh, here she is, you know, she's doing all this movement. Well, I want to make her more efficient so that she doesn't burn as much. So now in order to burn the same amount, you have to go, longer, you have to go further and you have to push harder. And it really just becomes this point of diminishing your turns, which is why, you know, I hate it when people are glorifying the calories burned on their fitness tracker. Cause I'm like, well, one, that is a gross overestimate. You're not burning nearly that amount. And then let's say you've been doing that for two months now. Well, that 800 calories that you thought you were burning the first week is now probably like 500 calories because your body has adapted to it. So a lot of people, I don't think realize that, and it's like, how much more time can you really give to your exercise? Do you have the time to to now do 60 minutes of cardio every day a week or 90 minutes at some point, like once your results stall. So that's also why I say, start with the minimum effective dose, the, the most amount of calories that you can eat, the least amount of movement that you can do, or I should say like, you know cardio, not just like steps while still seeing progress. Because if you do hit a plateau and you're already doing as much as you can right out of the gate or eating 1200 calories, well, now
0: you have no levers to pull from. Thank you for for sharing all of that. <laughs> um, such important information really is. And the more the more we can talk about it and the more people hear it, Um, I think, you know, the more successful people will be at meeting their goals. And that's a great transition into talking about how, you know, if it's a good time for you to start a fat loss phase. And so, so walk us through it. If I, if I come to you and I'm like, Marcy, you know, I really want to lose weight. I want to lose fat. I want my body to look differently um, let's get started tomorrow. What I need to eat a thousand, starting eating a thousand calories. Is that how I do this?
1: <laughs> mm. No. Um, so I think first and foremost, like, are you even in the right mindset to be in a deficit? So have you been in maintenance for long enough where you are not overly food focused? Is it the right season of life? So do you have, I mean, life is always going to be, you know, quote unquote busy, like, especially in our day and age, it's never going to be a perfect time, but there are certainly better times than, than others. So if you are in the middle of a move or you just started a new job, or you just had a baby, or like life, like you're taking care of a sick parent, whatever, like that might not be the best time to approach a fat loss goal. Because the other thing that people don't recognize is that fat loss and training, they're both stressors on your body. So if you are already extremely stressed out in other areas of your life, and you're just adding fuel to the fire, and it is going to be more difficult to make progress for multiple reasons. So I think first and foremost, like, am I in the right season of life? Am I in the right headspace? Like, do I have a good relationship with food? Um, and then from there, you know, you can ask yourself other questions. So have I earned the right to be in a deficit? Meaning, have I been on maintenance for long enough? Is my body in a safe and well-fed space so that, as I mentioned, you know, just a few minutes ago, I actually have room to create that deficit? Because if you are saying like, oh, well, I, I've been trying to stick to 1200 calories for, you know, who knows how long and if you're not making progress, it's either because you're not really eating 1,200 calories, um, and again, that's likely because you've been trying to go about this for for way too long, and you're in a deficit mindset without actually being in a deficit. So yeah, you're just burnt out from from tracking or from thinking about it. Uh, you feel deprived because you're restricting your favorite foods, and so what happens is you know maybe Monday through Friday you're in the deficit, but then, you know, or on the weekend, you completely blow it out of the water or you think that you're tracking perfectly, but all of those like bites, looks and tastes are sneaking in. So, so yeah, that is making it so that you're really just like at maintenance, you know, some of the time, but not in a deficit enough time or like consistently enough to really see that progress. And that can just be, it's like diet purgatory, so to speak. Um, so earning the right by having eaten enough for long enough, I would say maintenance at least six months, if not longer, and and just make sure that you have yeah a good relationship with food, a good relationship with yourself, that you're not doing this for the right or for the wrong reasons. Like you hate yourself and you think that you know losing weight is going to make you feel so much better. Um, until you do the inner work, it likely will not. Um, it's just kind of like putting a bandaid on a bullet wound. And yeah, that's where I would, that's where I would start for sure. Um, and then the other thing to consider is like, how is my overall health? So are my hormones in the right spot? Am I sleeping well? Is my digestion good? Do I have good energy? How are my workouts? Like, am I feeling strong? Am I making progress? If, you know, if you can't check those boxes, then those are definitely some red flags that being in deficit is only going to cause more issues. So yeah, you've got to be well fed, feeling good in order to say like, yes, I have earned the right to go into that loss.
0: And I think we would both agree that having a coach help you figure all these things out um, can be a really worthwhile investment in your health so that you can get to that place where you can go into a deficit. So, what are some of the things that you know? Okay, so we figured out I'm not ready for a fat loss, right? I'm not ready for a fat loss phase. But Marcy, I still want your help. Mm. So, where where do we go from here? Great question. <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs> uh, so, I would say like a reverse diet. And it depends where that person is coming from. So if they really have been legitimately eating, you know, 1200 calories, or just a very low amount for their body weight for their activity level, and they've been doing that for a long time, like, yes, there likely is some metabolic adaptation. And if you were to just jump that person right up to maintenance, they would probably experience some rapid weight gain. And that is not what we want either. Um, so I'm always willing to meet people kind of where they are, uh, it, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around as well. So yeah, if someone has really been, you know, following something super restrictive for too long, then I would start with a, you know, more slow reverse diet until they get up to maintenance. And then from there, just hold steady again, like four, six months at least until biofeedback starts to come back into a good place so biofeedback meaning how is your hunger your energy your cravings your sleep your recovery your digestion um, your mental health all of that and once you can say that yeah all of those things are operate operating at you know full capacity and i really do feel like the most you know energetic vibrant version of myself And I have sat in that discomfort. I I say sat in the discomfort because sometimes, yeah, it means that you, you have a little bit more body fat on you than maybe you would like. Um, but you've got to put in that work because if you don't, then you're going to keep banging your head against the wall. And, you know, it's probably unlikely that you're going to be able to see the results in the first place. So, so hang out, you know, be comfortable getting uncomfortable. Learn to love maintenance because there can actually be some really amazing things about it. And I find that once people allow themselves to be there for a while, sometimes they don't even want to go back into fat loss. They're like, "Hey, this is pretty cool, you know? <laughs> I, I get to eat, I get to focus on other things. I feel strong at the gym, you know. I my energy is high. Uh, I'm sleeping well." And that can kind of offset this, like, oh, well, I don't like love how my body looks. Um, But not everybody is going to experience that. So once you have put in the time and everything, you know, is in a good spot, then yeah, you can go back into fat loss after that. But I think having a coach is really important because it is going to, they're going to help you like keep your eye on the prize and not let you go back into a deficit as soon as you get uncomfortable. I think when people do it on their own, that's why they keep spinning their wheels is because they give up the minute that it feels hard or when they see the scale go up, you know, when the clothes start getting a little bit tighter, all of that. So they're they're focusing on the negative rather than focusing on all of the positives that might be overshadowed by, you know, these, um, these things that they are associating as like regression of progress.
0: That, that all makes perfect sense, uh, to me, <laughs> but I'm sure for many, um, it is, it is a difficult process to go through, you know, especially if you're already feeling down about yourself and now you're being told, wait, what I have to eat more. Um, but that is the truth the truth is is that you do have to eat more if you've been in a deficit for a very long time because as you've mentioned a few times now you can't keep dropping your calories that mm-hmm. is extremely unhealthy and um it may not even lead to weight loss if you've right. been in a deficit for so long right yeah yeah Um, and if, and if you start
1: out and you like really are consistent and you're not making any progress, let's say after a month, so there's no change in weight, there's no change in measurements, your clothes aren't fitting any different. You don't notice any visual changes. And like, yeah, you can say with a hundred percent honesty and certainty, like I have been 90 to hundred percent consistent. Well, maybe there is
0: still that metabolic adaptation going on. Right. And that's that's another reason to have a coach because a coach can really help you through these things and help you to be more well you having I guess an objective set of eyes on what's going on um, and helping you to adjust those calories and because as you've mentioned it's a gradual thing you don't just go from 1200 calories to 1800 calories overnight you have to Really, you know, go through the mindset work too, and just gradually start building those calories, which is the reverse dieting, and then figuring out what your maintenance calories are. And that's where somebody who's experienced can really help you and also hold you accountable too. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. and the accountability piece is huge. So a lot of people think that they need the accountability to like stick to the deficit <laughs> um, and it's like no you need the accountability to like not jump ship when it gets hard
0: yeah because that's the other big truth is that it's probably going to feel uncomfortable for a while and and that's okay right it's okay to feel uncomfortable but you got to trust that you're going to get there you just have to be patient and the coach can help
1: with that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, patience really it is it's the name of the game, and you and you have to be willing to play the long game. You know? Um, otherwise, you're just gonna continue to dig yourself into this hole. So, and I I did that too, you know. I I made all of the mistakes early in my fitness journey. And I talked about this on my stories today, because I put up a post about like the boring basics and the things that you really do need to prioritize when you are trying to, you know, seek fat loss or improve body composition, because if you don't, then things are going to get ugly. And I'm still paying the price, digging myself out of that, like hormonal hell, so to speak that I've got myself into, um, from all of the
0: years of restriction. And having experienced that yourself, I'm sure goes a long way with building that credibility, you know, with your clients and that relatability, it's, it's huge because you get it. You understand that it's hard and, and it does take time, which in our society is something that's really difficult for us. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that leads me into asking about, you know, our, our impatience, right. And we're so stretched for time and we were, our schedules are just so full. So, how is this even possible if you're super busy and you don't think you have one more minute in the day? Like, how can you do this?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like I I wrote a post a couple, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago. It was like the busy person's guide to fat loss or something like that. And and going back to what I was saying earlier about how fat loss is simple, but it's not easy, like it it actually takes longer, in my opinion, to put on muscle than it does to lose body fat. It's going to be like more time in the gym, more time in the kitchen, more time eating. (laughs) Whereas with fat loss, it's like, you can go in there and do, you know, a 30, 45 minute workout, be super quick about it, like lifting workout. Um, and then the rest of the time, like focus on your nutrition. So like, yeah, maybe you have to spend a couple hours in the kitchen meal prepping. Um, maybe you got to log your food, but that takes so little time in the grand scheme of things. And, I always say like, make it as easy on yourself as possible. Maybe you hire a meal delivery service for a couple of your meals, just to like put that on autopilot. You utilize convenience options so that you're not in the kitchen a lot. Like I use convenience foods all the time, like deli turkey, rotisserie chicken, um, cans of tuna, protein powders, things like that. Like my meals take five minutes to throw together. And maybe like at most 10 to 15 minutes to cook. Like if I'm putting something in the air fryer in which case then I can go and do something else. So like my dinner will be a turkey burger, some vegetables. And like, maybe I throw a bag of rice in the microwave and yeah, it takes 15 minutes to cook. And then I take my dog on a walk. So I'm getting that non-exercise activity. Like it is, it's not time consuming. You should patent that,
0: that, that, that is like the perfect formula <laughs> How I to make a nutritious balanced meal in 15 minutes and walk your dog. <laughs> Boom. I love it. I love yeah. it. That's so perfect. Yeah. But it's so true. Um, I, I microwave my rice every time I'd never cook rice because it takes freaking forever. <laughs>
1: I've got to be honest. I don't think it ever turns out as well. It doesn't. Well, I I shouldn't say that my, my mom makes like some of the best rice I've ever had and I can never get it right. Like she's got the recipe perfected. She uses one of those rice cookers. Mm -hmm. Um, but so that does help, but I've tried to cook it on the stove in a pot and I like,
0: I always burn the hell out of it. (laughs) My, my, yeah. When I do it, it's just mush. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or it's Um, undercooked.
1: (laughs) So my, I mean, if anyone knows me, they know I love Trader Joe's. And it is, they have the best microwaveable jasmine rice. So I think it's like two and a half minutes in the bag in the microwave, and it is perfect every time.
0: Love. Trader Joe's. I am a big fan as well. Um, That's the rice I use. It's so delicious.
1: (laughs) The one in like the the kind of maroon box.
0: Yeah. 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 That's the one. That's the one. I also love that now the environmentalist in me doesn't love it, but... Sometimes, sometimes we make sacrifices so that we can do that, right? I know. like, But all the vegetables, talking- the vegetables that are already cut up and then they're, they're in steamable bags, you know, again, two minutes in the microwave and you've got a bag of broccoli ready to go. Yep.
1: Yep. So it doesn't, don't overcomplicate it. That is a story you are telling yourself. And, and I, I hate to say it, like I was talking to a client earlier who Uh, she called me in a very, or messaged me in a very frantic moment because she's got a lot going on right now and feels like she can't, I mean, I I talk to, or I work with perfectionists and overachievers. So the former version of myself, the all or nothing mindset, if I can't do it perfectly, if I can't do it at full force, I might as well not do it at all. And she's got a lot going on. She's like, I am just ready to like throw in the towel. And I'm like, okay, let's take a deep breath and like take a step back. (laughs) Um, maybe there are some things that you can deprioritize right now. So I, as much as I love, and am a proponent of strength training, you know, maybe for a week or two, if you can't get into the gym to do your workouts, like that's okay. You know, you're probably not going to lose a lot of muscle. Is that the best solution long-term? No, definitely not. But if you know, you really do come up against a, like a a short, but busy season of life, then yeah, like put certain things on the back burner or go from four workouts to two workouts or cut the workout in half. Like you can always do something. Um, so the time thing is not necessarily an excuse because again, like really what's going to be the biggest driver of the progress is the nutrition. And that does not require
0: a lot of time. There are ways to do it, and thank you for sharing some of your tips with us. Because sometimes it can feel really overwhelming, and you just don't think of those things or know that they're even available. So great tips! Trader Joe's, go to Trader Joe's. Well,
1: I mean, Trader Joe's, like for for literally everything. You know, it just it makes things so much easier. And I'm I'm uh, I really want to write this post, and I thought about doing it tomorrow. I don't know. It's going to rustle with some feathers for sure. Uh, but it's going to, what is it going to be? Like words and phrases that are holding you back essentially. And I sometimes know, like when I first start working with someone, and this isn't true across the board. And I do so much mindset work with my clients that I'm usually able to like course correct this pretty quickly. But sometimes I do know like who's going to be, who's going to have more, more of a hard time with this. And it's all about the language that they use. So words like, it's hard, I can't, yeah, but, you know, cause you know, the excuse is coming. Uh, my favorite one these days, ugh, like, ever, like ugh, to everything. And I'm like, that ain't it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like you have, to, you have to see it from the perspective of like, yes, this is gonna be a challenge, but how can I choose to make it as easy on myself as possible?
0: So Marcy, um, you've given us so much fantastic information today, and I'm wondering if you could throw out maybe three simple action items that the listeners can take away from today to help them kind of get started in this in this fat loss process. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So number one, track your food for at least a period of time. It doesn't have to be forever but get yourself a food scale, a tracking app, or you can do it like me and do it on the notes section of your phone and not even worry about my fitness pal. (laughs) There's a time (laughs) hack for you. (laughs) Um, But but yeah, track your food just so you have that awareness as to how much you are actually eating because you would be surprised how many people sign up with me. And they're like, oh, I really don't eat that much. And then when I have, they're not tracking. And then when I have them do that, they come back and they say, I had no idea how much I was actually eating. So that would be number one. Again, you don't have to do it forever, but at least get a general idea of what your intake is. And then you can start adjusting from there. Number two would be to start walking. So just increase your non-exercise activity. I love walking because it has so many amazing benefits and Yes, you can be active outside of that. So sit more than you stand, or sit more than you stand, stand more than you sit, um, you know, clean the house, things like that, but really like actually getting the, like the physical movement of the walking in is going to help you burn the most calories. Not that that's what it's all about, but if fat loss is the goal, it does help. Um, so Start increasing your movement, at least going for, I would say one walk a day, because it's so good for your mental health as well. And then three, you know, these are all very unsexy, but prioritize your sleep, like get on a solid sleep schedule, a good sleep routine, minimum seven hours, if not more per night, Um, sync your circadian rhythms, because that's going to help with your hunger, your energy, your cravings just how you feel throughout the day, which is going to allow you to make better decisions. Um, So yeah, if you are sleep deprived, it's going to be so much more difficult on yourself. So I like to say, try to wake up and go to bed within the same 30 minute window while aiming to get that, yeah, seven to nine hours. So, I mean, it can really be as as simple as that. That'll get you started for sure. And then you can continue
0: layering from there. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Those are all pretty doable action items that don't cost extra money um, and are all very good for you. So it's a great place to get started. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So help. Very helpful. Thank you. So I like to ask some questions of all my guests that um, are not necessarily related to what we've been talking about. They're just fun and and help the listeners get to know you even more. So the first question is, what would your friends say is your superpower? Oh, gosh,
1: Um, that I am compassionate and that I am approachable so I feel like I am the person that people go to even strangers I swear sometimes I feel like I have a sign on my head that says like please approach me and tell me your entire life story (laughs) (laughs) before I even really know you um but yeah like that I'm compassionate that I'm approachable that I am I'm non-judgmental so that they can feel like safe to come to me with whatever it is that they need support with those are
0: some pretty good superpowers to have. I hope they would. I mean, I would think that they would say that. Hopefully they would. I should ask. <laughs> I have a feeling they probably are saying that. <laughs> <I'm just assuming. sighs> so next, next question. If you had no idea what your biological age was, how old do you think you would be? What a great question, Heather. 22. <laughs> I love it. I'm 22 I, also.
1: <laughs> I feel like a spring chicken. I feel I'm I'm 38. So I turned 38 at the end of January and I feel better now at 38 than I did at 22.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So for all you 20-somethings out there, don't be afraid to get older because there's some pretty awesome stuff that comes. All you 20
1: year olds who are, you know, getting four hours of sleep a night and drinking every weekend, it's gonna catch up with you. <laughs> Amen to
0: that. <laughs> All right, last question. If you could invite anyone and it can be more than one person dead or alive to dinner, who would that be? And what would you eat?
1: Oh my gosh, that is such a hard question. <laughs> what would I, I, I'm like, oh, I would start with what would I eat? Um, Oh my gosh, Heather, this is like the hardest question. (laughs) No Uh, pressure. (laughs) Oh gosh. Who would I invite? Um, You know, this sounds kind of odd, but I never met my paternal grandfather. So I always would have, I wonder what he was like um, so I think just because I was never, I never had the opportunity to meet him. That would be somebody just to see, like, you know, do I have any of the same qualities? Like, is that where my dad gets, you know, certain qualities or my other family members as well? Um, so him for sure. And then you said dead or alive. Yes. Oh, gosh.
0: It could be just your grandfather.
1: Yeah, yeah, but there's like so many other people, and it's I'm like drawing a blank because there are so many people, you know, that I can't even think of it. Oh my gosh, that's really hard.
0: You can get back to me.
1: I'll get back to you. And then what would I eat? I I would eat a pork chop. That's like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> uh, with kabocha squash because that's my other favorite and some sort of roasted vegetable like I keep it super simple but I would go oh a side of cornbread and then for dessert and this is really random um, a slice of mud pie
0: that sounds like a fantastic dinner
1: and I would wash it down with a diet coke because I don't drink (laughs) (laughs) I think your grandfather would love that meal I think he probably would. Yeah, I know. And then whoever I whoever I choose to invite, because yeah, there are so many people out there
0: um, that I just can't even think about it. So anyway, well, I think it's so sweet that you thought of your grandfather. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah. so that's it. Well, Marcy, I, I want to know you. I, look,
0: give me your your answer. <laughs> oh shoot! No one's ever done that to me. Right, putting me on the spot. I gotta. Return the favor. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I, I would really like to have dinner and this is just super random because it just popped into my head and I don't even know why, but I would like to have dinner with Cleopatra. Oh, fascinating. You know, like what was it like to be a woman in power back then? Yeah. I love that. I, I'm so curious about that. That that is fascinating. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. So Cleopatra and um and what would we eat? Well, um, since this is like my fantasy dinner and I can't eat gluten or you dairy, I want a pizza from New York. I want mm. New York pizza. Mm. <laughs> mm.
1: So, you know, it's interesting, like I can't eat gluten and dairy either. So it's like, it's been so long that I've eaten that kind of stuff, even though I did say that like cornbread and mud pie would be on my list, but I I don't even like think about it really that much, you know, it's just been, I've had to avoid it for so long now that it's almost not even on my radar. I just did a, a food sensitivity test called the MRT, which is very like accurate and comprehensive and guess what was on there? My favorite thing of all, coffee. So I have to give up coffee for the foreseeable future. No. Yeah, I'm like, please don't have coffee beyond there. It's like, there were so many random things like I don't even eat, like cod and scallops. I'm like, that's fine. And then I saw the the coffee and I'm like, womp, womp. So <laughs> oh, that makes, that makes me sad too. Marcy. <laughs> I know, I know. So day th- going on day three, I've swapped it for matcha with it. It's been okay so far, but yeah, it's tough. So I'm right there with you with the food restrictions. I get it. I do. Yeah.
0: And, and I'm like you, it's been so long that I don't really think about it anymore. And nowadays too, it's, um, being gluten-free and being dairy-free is pretty easy. There's so, so, so many choices now. It wasn't always that way, but um, yeah, I don't think about it that much. But, you know, if if I did have the opportunity to eat whatever I wanted, I think it would be pretty fun to have like some real New York pizza. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah that, that actually does sound delicious now that I think about it. It really does. Followed yeah. by like a good New York bagel. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Let's talk about gluten all day long. All day long. <laughs>
0: And then, I do
1: I do miss it I gotta say
0: <laughs> yeah so, so there's there are days you know most of the time I don't think about it but there are days where I'm like man what I would give you know for a real New York bagel or like one of the big pretzels from the street oh. vendor
1: I used yeah. to love those like and you had like Annie Ann's pretzels those were so delicious and they like Cut, cover them in butter and then they had like a sugar cinnamon sugar one and then today today's actually my dad's birthday and our tradition our family tradition is the the Duncan Hines yellow cake with chocolate frosting oh my gosh I probably haven't had a slice of that in 20 years at least and that so it's like you know I'm going to be going over to my brother and sister's house tomorrow night my mom's making one and I get to sit there and watch everybody else eat it <laughs> so But you have (laughs) your, you have your memories. (laughs) I got my memories. Yeah. But that could be a whole different podcast talking about the importance of, you know, doing the things that you need to do to really prioritize your health. So let's,
0: let's do that. Let's Let's, do it. Let's do it. I like it.
1: Yeah. Cause it's like, I I'm feeling really good, but there's like a couple of things I'm like, I know could be a little bit better. And is removing these foods going to help me get there? Is that going to be like the extra 1% that I need? And if I have the knowledge, like why not try it? Maybe it won't, maybe it won't do anything, but I'm at least going to try. So yeah, round two.
0: All right. We're going to, we're going to do it listeners. We're going to, we're going to bring you an episode about what to do really to prioritize your health. How do you, and how do you even start that? So great idea. love it. Yeah. Well, Marcy, thank you so much again for being here. I look forward to talking with you again in the near future.
1: We shall my friend have a great weekend and yeah, we'll talk
0: soon. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.